ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. I have such a fun episode for you today. I celebrate that I have such a fun episode for you today. And I brag that I receive messages from you all over the world telling me what the Purpose Girl podcast has mean for you and done for you. I freaking brag that we've had 315,000 downloads of the Purpose Girl podcast. I'm so grateful to you for listening, for sharing this with your friends, for clicking five stars and writing reviews. And if you haven't yet, please click over to Apple Podcasts and write one sentence about the podcast. It helps so much in getting great guests for you and getting sponsors and all that good stuff to keep this going. I'm so proud of what we built here at Purpose Girl. We started with nothing. It was just me sitting with a computer and a dream. And I brag that I'm celebrating so much. Because the truth is that my brain has spent a lot of my life being freaking cruel. I have often thought that I am the best beat myself upper in the world. Like if there was going to be a contest for beating yourself up, I would win. (laughs) I would win hands down. Raise your hand if you think you would win. Seriously, I want you to think about this for a second. How many times a day do you tell yourself what is wrong with you? Do you look in the mirror and point out what you see as flaws, maybe cellulite or your belly after having kids or your thighs or a new hair that popped up on your cheek? How many times a day do you think about what you did wrong? Oh, I should have said that in the meeting. Oh, why did I let him do that? Oh, why didn't I pick up the milk when I was supposed to? Oh, I should have. Or do you get down on yourself for not being as good of a mother. You could be a better mother, a better wife, a better worker, a better coworker, a better client, a better manager, blah, 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 better daughter. How many times a day are you future tripping about that dream that you have and why it won't work? And who do you think you are to have that idea and to actually think that you might be able to be on Oprah Soul Sunday one day? Okay, that's what my brain used to say, but I've worked on it a lot. The fact is that as women, you've heard me say that women are twice as likely to be depressed as men. One of the reasons that more women are depressed than men is that women ruminate more. Now, the definition of rumination, if you're an animal, you're a cow or a goat, is that you chew your food, right? Like you chew your cud. It's already chewed up and it comes back up for you to chew again, (laughs) As gross as that might be, that is what it is to further, that's what it is to ruminate. You further chew the partly digested food, it comes back up for you. Okay, now as gross as that is, we also ruminate as humans, not with our food in most cases, unless you have pretty severe acid reflux, which I actually had many years ago, different story, different podcast, different time. But ruminating as humans, we ruminate in our mind which means that we think about something over and over and over again. 
you chew on it and you chew on it. And even after you're done with it, it comes back the next day and it comes back the next day and it comes back a week later and it comes back a year later. Am I alone in this? I mean, I know I'm not because I know that women ruminate more and ruminate on the negative more. My dear friend Allison and I used to call it beating a dead horse. Now, of course, no horses were harmed in this game that we would play. But she and I would sit at the Panera for like six hours. This is before either one of us had kids. I think it was before she was even married. And we would take a situation. Maybe it was her dating or once I was divorced, my dating or whatever the situation would be or something at work. And we would beat it to death. But why did he say this? And we would figure out why he said this. And then 10 minutes later, come back. But no, wait, really, why did he say this? And what else could I have done? And why should I have done that? And, and then later, two hours later, we're still sitting at Panera. We're still having the same cinnamon bagel and our eighth cup of coffee. And we're going, but wait, why? And we would beat the dead horse and beat the dead horse and beat the dead horse. We would ruminate and think about how much time we would spend on hashing out a negative situation. How much negativity then did that like spew throughout our whole body? And how much time are you spending on the negative now? My mom and my friend Allison, most of my close friends have always said that I was a master beat myself upper, that I could beat myself up better than anyone in the whole world. I think I would win contests at it, or at least I would have been able to in the past before I did a ton of work. Anyone else? Raise your hand if you are like the best beat yourself upper in the whole world. And your brain loves to tell you everything that you did wrong, everything you could have and should have done differently. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Now, there's so much that we could unpack about why we do this to ourselves, the way that women have been conditioned throughout history. The fact that women didn't have voices before, we were sold as property for marriage, that a woman who kept quiet about her opinion was more marryable or whatever the word is, that if we were skinny or had rosy cheeks or voluptuous breasts or whatever it might be, we were more marryable and therefore we're so cruel about our own bodies. We could go on and on about the cosmetics industry, the magazine industry, the fashion industry, the health industry, constantly telling us that there is something wrong with us, that we need to be on this diet pill, that we need to color our hair, that we need to. Now the new thing, have you heard this? The new thing is that we need to alter the shape of our pussies, of our labia. This is like real surgery, I guess, that a lot of women and young girls are having, like teens in their 20s are having because somehow we think that our pussies aren't good enough. Let me be clear. Your pussy is perfect. I mean, if there is something wrong, sex is painful, definitely look into that. But if you've simply had men or other girlfriends tell you that the shape of your labia is wrong or off, then sister, pause there. There is nothing wrong with you. It's just that we don't all look the same and we don't all look exactly like it does in a porn movie because so many of their pussies have been altered. This madness of thinking that there's something wrong with us has to end and no one's going to end it for us. How are you ever going to live your purpose, get your book out in the world, if you're sitting there constantly telling yourself what is wrong with you and that you have no business writing a book and that nobody wants to hear you? How are you ever going to start that daycare 
that kids need. If you're constantly saying, well, I shouldn't charge money because it's doing good and it's purpose and really I shouldn't ask for that much money and I'm probably not worth it and whatever else. How much good is it doing if you want to run for office and you say, but the incumbent has been in office for 10 years and nobody knows who I am and there's no, like, how are we ever going to change policy and return this freaking country and world back to love, back to equality and justice if you won't run when it's in your heart to run? Like, sister, we need to sit down, grab yourself a latte, and let's have a direct conversation. This beating ourselves up shit has got to stop. But here's what we know from the research about habits. There's an amazing book by Charles Duhigg about habits called The Power of Habit. You could read more about this. What we know is that it is a lot harder to just stop a habit than it is to create a new one. And this is because of neuroscience and how your brain works. So here's the deal. When you're born, you have like 600 billion neurons or brain cells in your brain. And they're kind of just like fresh and waiting to do something, to learn something, to experience something. And likely before you're even born, the brain is starting to make connections because the brain hears the mother's voice all the time. And so some of those neurons start firing together about this is mom's voice, even if the brain doesn't have the word mom or the word voice, some of the brain connections that help the whole brain and body and nervous system feel safe when mom is speaking, because that's the voice that they hear all the time. When a baby is born, really, there's a mostly fresh brain ready to absorb and soak in and learn information. And because there is so much information, right, there's so much voice coming at a human at any time, right? Even in just this moment, if you're listening to me while driving, there's my voice, there's traffic you need to be paying attention to, there is the directions and the GPS you need to be paying attention to, there are your own thoughts about if you're going to get to work on time that you need to be paying attention to, there might be a honking horn, there might be a bird that flies by, there might be someone trying to cut you off, there might be a text coming through about picking up milk after work. Like there, We have stimuli coming at us all the time. And the brain can't possibly remember everything that it needs to remember. And so what happens is that the more the brain experiences something or sees or witnesses or hears or thinks something, then it creates neural connections. It creates very strong connections. I'm taking my fingers right now and interlacing them. It builds those connections so that the brain can more easily remember something and therefore make more space to learn something new. So here's how it works. When my sweet baby boy was born, he had no idea what a car was. He didn't know. Yeah, he went home in one when we could take him home from the hospital, but he didn't know. However, throughout the last year of his life, he's heard us say car a number of times. We're going into the car and here's our car. Now, we don't talk about our car frequently, except to say, let's go to the car. We're going in the car. But his brain has heard it enough to know that an object with wheels is a car. And so now that it's time for him to start speaking words, his first word was mama. His second word was car. Now, we don't know why. We don't talk about cars a lot. Neither one of us are car enthusiasts. I am from Detroit. But part of my knowing that I was not meant to do that work was that I went into automotive early in my life because you're from Detroit. That's what you do. And we don't talk about cars. 
But his brain had heard it enough to know that something that moves with wheels is a car. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he points at a car and said, ka, ka. And now he says it all day long. And it's his favorite thing in the world. And for his first year birthday, we bought him all everything car, 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 car. He loves it. And he's obsessed with car. Now, his brain is doing him a favor by knowing that that's a car. Because it now doesn't have to think about what that object is with wheels every time it sees it. His brain just knows, oh, that's a car. And that opens up room for him to learn something else. To learn, oh, that's a sandwich. Or, oh, that's a diaper. Or, oh, that's my papa, my booby, whatever it might be. It's opening up his brain to learn more. So we build connections between neurons around the things that we think we have to know the most. Therefore, the more you see something, the more you've learned it, right? The first time you looked at geometry, you didn't know. But by the end of the year of studying geometry for a whole year in ninth or 10th or 11th grade, whenever you did it, then it was more second nature, even if you don't remember it anymore. This is how the brain learns. Now, why do I share all of that with you when I'm trying to talk about celebrating yourself and not being mean to yourself and bragging? Because... If your brain has repeated over and over and over again that you are fat, then of course, every time you look in the mirror, that's all you see because your brain has a super quick highway to it. You've got a neural pathway and connection to it. If your brain has repeated over and over again that you're not good enough, then that is what your brain thinks. And it's doing that, thinking it's doing you a favor, but it's now a habit that we don't even think about. But sister, what if you had a different habit? What if your habit was self-celebration? What if your habit was being proud of yourself, was focusing on what you did right instead of what you did wrong? Now, this is revolutionary and scary for most of us. Because if you're anything like me, you learned that bragging was not attractive, that women shouldn't brag. It's not nice to talk so well of yourself. You might make someone else feel bad. And you probably even feel some of that now. Like, I want to tell my best friend I got a promotion, but oh, she was just laid off. So I don't want to make her feel bad. So I'll just keep it to myself. Right now, that's totally sweet, totally nice. Or is it? What if instead we had a culture where we lifted each other up, we raised each other, we said, I got a promotion and I believe you can get a promotion too. And here are all the fabulous, wonderful things that I see in you. In fact, I think we do that with other women. We do tell them what's wonderful about them, but we don't do it for ourselves. And all we're doing is harming our own chances of doing well. We all know that women make less money than men. One of the reasons is that men talk better about themselves. Men talk about the win that they had. They share the note that they got from their customer about how awesome they are. They talk about how great they are. And even if you find it repulsive and annoying, it works. So when I go into companies, and I've done this in many companies from Ernst & Young to Alcoa to Amazon, I straight on talk to women about bragging, bragging, celebrating yourself. And I will tell you, sister, yeah, it's confronting, it's scary, it's like, no way, get me out of here, it's so uncomfortable. And it will set you free. The thing is, we haven't had safe places to do so, right? Because we've all had the experience with mean girls, that when we wanted to share something excited, someone thought we were full of ourselves or arrogant, 
or think we're all this and that. And so we have stayed quiet. But I want to ask you, what about when you were two or three or four? What were you like then? I'm just going to be honest. I was a ham. I was like, I'm so awesome. Look at me. I'm so cute. Mom, look at what I'm doing now. And I would dance and I would twirl. And I totally thought I would end up on stage one day singing and dancing. Of course, I have the worst voice in the whole world, but I have ended up dancing and kind of singing on stage, speaking. But I totally was like, I'm a superstar. Now, there were other people in my life, even as a little girl, I was afraid to be a superstar in front of. I was afraid to be a superstar at school when I started seeing that other girls could dance better than I could. In fact, I dropped out of ice skating when I was about eight, even though I loved it because I saw the other girls were better. I was afraid to brag and boast about myself in front of my older sister, even sometimes around my older brother. I know I was annoying. There are people I became quiet around. And so there was, there was this part of me that wanted to be a superstar. Look at me, look at me. And really look at any two-year-old. What are they saying? Mama, look at me. Mama, look over here. Mama, look at me. And I can't even tell you how many clients have told me that when they were younger, their essence was being full on big. Dancing, cartwheels, making up shows, acting, putting on a crown, putting on outfits, wanting to wear the lipstick, the heels, the whatever. Now, I also, of course, have clients that were shy, and I had people around whom I was shy too. But I actually believe that our more natural state is the showing up big. Because when I look just at my baby boy, the one-year-old, he wants everything to be about him. If Josh and I are not talking directly to him at dinner, he starts going, ah, 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 right? Like he wants the attention. And so I actually think that most of us wanted others to see our beauty, our brilliance, our genius. And that many things in life have beat it out of us. Maybe it was your older sibling thinking that you were annoying. Maybe, like one of my clients, you had a teacher that told you you're being too loud. Her second grade teacher told her she was too loud, kicked her out of class so many times that she decided that the only way for her to be okay in life was to just totally be quiet. And she went on to become an accountant and then found me 15, 20 years into her career miserable. What's my purpose? What's my purpose? Well, as we started to bring out her truth, she became a child photographer, joyful, because she is joy incarnate, joy embodied. She's fun. Yeah, she's loud. And I get it. The teacher couldn't have her be loud all the time. Like, this is what happens to us. And so here we are trying to be nice girls by not speaking about ourselves because we might make another girl feel bad. Here we are trying to go with the rules, right? The teacher wants us to be quiet. Nice girls don't speak up, like all those kinds of things. Here we are wanting to look good. And so what we start doing is taking all of that energy that could be used to celebrate ourselves and pounce on ourselves instead about all that's wrong with us. Because perhaps it's the only way for us to stay small and to get along in the world. And ultimately, what every human wants is to be loved. But it's so interesting that as a one-year-old and two-year-old, we knew that to be loved meant to say, look at me, watch me, tell me you love me. 
And as a 20, 30, 40, 50 year old, we figured out that the way to be loved is to be quiet and even more so to be self-deprecating. Have you ever noticed that when women get together, the woman who is the meanest to herself is the most popular? The woman who hates her thighs is funny? The woman who hates her husband is relatable? The woman who hates her life gets the most airtime? We do this as women. We vent. And listen, there is a place for venting. All right. Like I need me some of the moms to vent about Shay getting up at 430 in the morning and needing to change the sleep schedule. And there are times I need to go and I need to like talk through something that's happening with me and Josh. No doubt. But my closest friends. We spend the majority of our time celebrating ourselves and each other and then leaning in when we are in the shit and saying, hold me, witness me here, which we do. We swamp. We say, sister, I'm in that mud with you. That sucks. Oh, I'm so sorry. But then we don't keep going dishing. We say, and I know you and I see you and I know you're strong and I know you're capable. How can I help? What can we do? We got you. Right. It's like we have this flip of a moment to go back into the remembrance of who we are and the celebration of who we are. And it doesn't mean we're happy all the time. That's why I teach my clients swamping tools, which is having a 30 second temper tantrum, punching pillows, dancing out your grief. But the problem is that when we're putting all of that on ourselves, what would happen if you started celebrating yourself? What would happen if you started to say, you know what, I actually kind of do like my thighs and you know what, I think my lips are pretty and you know what, I like my hair. What would start to happen if you were like, you know what, that dream I have of writing a book, like I'm going to rock it. What would happen if you started to say to your friends like, oh my gosh, I love my husband. We had the best sex last night. And maybe you do some of that and maybe you don't. And maybe you have friends that you can do that with, and maybe you don't. Maybe if you're like me and so many other women, you're afraid that if you show up too big, they will abandon you. They will judge you. They will think you're arrogant. And we have PTSD around this as women because women were burnt at the stake for showing up too big, for sharing their medicine, for living their purpose hundreds of years ago. For being healers, women were burnt at the stake. They were killed. So we have PTSD around this in our bones, in our cellular memory as women. Because that gets passed from generation to generation. But what if we all got together and we collectively said, we're no longer going to burn women anymore. We're going to make room to celebrate ourselves. Pre-COVID, I was out to dinner with a couple of women and another woman walked in with a crop top and her beautiful round belly, not pregnant, just round belly hanging out over her pants. And one of the women I was with said to the other woman, oh my God, can you believe what she's wearing? She has no business wearing that. And I said, why not? I said, bravo for her. She loves her belly. Heck yeah. And then when I went to the bathroom that night, I stopped by and I told her she looks fabulous. Now listen, That doesn't mean I've never judged. I have. And I probably will again. I'm human. But I also have made such a conscious effort to say, I want to celebrate every woman. And I want every woman to show up as big as she can. 
Like, I want everyone to brag. Because I want to show up big. That little girl in me that wanted to, like, be a ham and be on stage and sing and dance, she's still in me. And so I've been showing up more and more and more as her everywhere. And it's scary as F-U-C-K. And I'll tell you, this weekend, the scariest thing happened. A very good friend of mine, who I have considered family, sent me a text that she can no longer be in relationship with me. She can no longer be friends with me. She said that I trigger her and that she is, quote, very uncomfortable around me. Now, you can imagine the very first thing that happened My whole heart broke. I started crying. I actually started sobbing. And the first thing my brain said is, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Isn't that amazing that the very first thing that my brain went to is, what did I do wrong? But this is the female ruminating brain that tells us that we're at fault. It must be our fault. And after crying a lot and talking to one of my dear friends who's also in this friend group and talking to Josh And even reading her text, she said, you have not done anything wrong. She shared that it was my energy. It's just who I am. And that has been my biggest fear, that the bigger I show up, the more I celebrate myself and all women, the more I wear red lipstick and put on crop tops and dance and show my C-section scar online, the more I'll be hated. And that's scary. The more I'll be rejected. In fact, I've had two past life remembrances, and one of them was of my community ostracizing me. And it hurts my, it's like I can still feel it right now. It's so painful. And the truth is that my energy is too big for this woman. Without saying it, that's what she was saying. I'm too much. Have you ever felt like you're too much? And have you ever tried to tamper it down because you thought you were too much? Well, sister, there's no way to live your purpose without being too much. I'm sorry. Even if your purpose is being freaking saving the planet like Greta Thune, the young teenager, right, who has who started a whole movement to shift global warming. She had to be too much. She actually had to protest going to school and make a big deal about it. She had to be too much. Whatever the heck that means, whoever decided what amount of much is too much, but she had to be big. She had to do something revolutionary, extraordinary, extraordinary. And other kids probably judged her, made fun of her. Goodness knows the past president of the United States made fun of her, a teenage girl. I think about Elizabeth Warren speaking on the Senate floor in the United States. And Mitch McConnell, the head of the Senate at the time, cutting her off and her continuing speaking and then saying, I tried to get her quiet, but nevertheless, she persisted. Well, heck yeah. How are we ever going to get anything done and get our voice heard and actually make change if we are not persisting, if we're not a little bit too much? Now, I know that this rattles the good girl bones. And that's why this upcoming program that I cannot even wait, I'm building it right now. My team and I are working on it. It's going to be so freaking good. It's all about smashing that good girl. 
and unleashing that true goddess. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Freeing you. Because you cannot live your purpose if you are all tied to being that good girl, if you are tied to everybody liking you. And it hurt my heart like crazy this weekend. It still hurts my heart that my friend has done this to me or my ex-friend, whatever we want to call her. And I know she's going through stuff and I send her so much love and so much compassion. And I know I'm not for everyone, but God, does it hurt. And so that tiny voice inside of me started to say that I should show up smaller. Fortunately, the bigger voice said, oh no, sister, we're going to show up bigger. Because what I want is for every woman. I want you, I want me to show up big. And I understand that the world wants to have some consequences for women who show up big. A research study for Fortune that was also published in Fast Company and others, it was researched by Kieran Snyder, and she looked at 248 performance reviews from 28 companies. The reviews came from 180 managers who were both male and female. And what they found straight out of a textbook is that 58.9% of the men's reviews contained critical feedback, while 87.9%, about 30% more of women's reviews had critical feedback. And as Fast Company reported, not only did women receive more criticism, it was less constructive and more personal. Less constructive and more personal. And in fact, there was one aspect that was particularly harsh. It included women being told, watch your tone, stop being so judgmental. You can come across as abrasive sometimes. Now, abrasive, that word alone was used 17 times to describe 13 different women. But that word did not show up in any of the reviews of men. The word abrasive. Instead, the men were told that they needed to be a little bit more patient, but who doesn't? So yeah, us showing up big has been criticized. So sister, the answer is not to hold back and not to play small. Rather to have a safe place to freaking go big, to have a safe place to practice. And that is what I freaking love creating and providing. And that is why This week, when this airs, it will be this week, you you listen to it afterwards, all week at the Purpose Girls Facebook group, I've been having Bragapalooza, Bragapalooza, five days, a free event, no strings attached for women to brag everything. And I've taught the women in my group to use the words I brag or to use the words I celebrate or to use the words I'm proud of. It really doesn't matter to me. Try them all on feel which one feels good or maybe different situations, feel good with different words at different times. Any of them are great. But women have been bragging their essence. Women have been bragging their talents. Women have been bragging just showing up and buying a cute outfit. One woman bragged having a photo shoot for her business. And just at the time of taping this, she had received 16 likes, eight comments, people telling her, awesome, post your picture, so excited for you, that's great. Another woman bragged that even though a client of hers had ended the working relationship, she was bragging that she didn't make it about herself because she knows how competent she is. She knows how awesome she is. She received at the time of this taping 13 likes, loves, many comments about what an inspiration she is, how wonderful she is. Another woman posted a picture of a pie that she made. 
that she baked a blueberry pie from blueberries that she had picked herself and how delicious it smelled and what a great baker she is. And at the time of taping this, she had received 20 different comments, people telling her they were drooling, that it looked so delicious, that's amazing, saying, I love this, I'll be right over. Another woman bragged that she's a great nurse. She's a great nurse. Thank you to her for taking care of her patients. I want a nurse that celebrates that she's taking care of patients well. I'd much rather that than a nurse that's self-deprecating and hates herself and is constantly talking about what's wrong with her. No, I want a nurse who knows she's good at what she does and she's serving. Another woman posted, I made it through the day. She just posted that a few hours and already she's had eight different hearts and likes and a couple women saying, that's the most important thing you can do. I'm sending you love. Right? It's not that every brag has to be, I made a million dollars or I had 16 orgasms last night. You can come on to my group and you can brag that anytime you want. You also, though, can brag. I made it through the day. It's a shit time and I woke up and I still fed my kids the next day. It's been hard and I still got myself out of bed and I went to work. I was laid off. But I'm working on finding a new job. You can brag anything. You can celebrate anything. You can be proud of yourself. In fact, sister, you need to be proud of yourself for everything. Because no one else is going to do it for you, right? We all know that when other people compliment us and tell us we're awesome, if you're like most women I know, it doesn't really sink in. It's hard to receive that. It's a little uncomfortable. So it bounces off. Or it slides right down you and goes into the ground. We have to actually do it for ourselves. We have to create the new habit. I shared with you the neuroscience because I want you to create a habit of looking in the mirror and saying, I'm beautiful. Of looking in the mirror and saying, I love you, child. And remembering that inside of you is that two-year-old. Before you were harmed by people in this world. So Bragapalooza has been so much fun. And I know it's confronting and it's scary and it's probably bringing up all sorts of shit for people. And that's okay. There's space for that too. I get jealous. A friend of mine posted about their book being done and picked up a publisher and all this. Like, I'm jealous. Little Karen's like, I want that. Why do they get that? And I have a choice in that moment. I can choose to sever ties and not be friends with that person because they're holding up a mirror for what I haven't yet done and because I feel bad. Or I could choose to put my hand on my heart and love little Karen who is inside of me with a dream and who is jealous and love myself permission to be human and then use it as inspiration and saying, if my friend can get a publisher, I can get a publisher. So whatever it is for you, might you get a little jealous if you see other women brag, celebrate? Yeah, I do. Raise your hand. But you have a choice in that moment. Your choice is to use your tools to self-soothe and love on your little self and then to shift it and never reject or project on a woman. Never reject or project on another woman. Don't put your own shit on her. 
Right, because she loves her husband doesn't mean you need to hate her. You could use it as inspiration and say, sister, how'd you turn your marriage around? Or use it to look in the mirror and say, what do I want in a relationship? Can I have that here, even though it's scary? Don't hate on a woman because she's thin. Literally, this same woman that dumped me, I remember when I got pregnant and she said to another friend that the best thing about me getting pregnant is I was going to end up fat. Now, I know it was a joke, but why do we hate on a woman because she's thin? No. If you want to lose weight, first of all, you don't need to. Work with my client, April Cott, on loving your body, as is. Join my client and dear friend Allison's exercise class where it's women of all shapes and sizes and she makes you love yourself with so much joy and sensuality. But if you want to lose weight, then use it as inspiration. And that's what Bragapalooza is all about. And that's what my community is all about because I want us all to go bigger. See, I don't want to be on stage or be big or be fabulous at the exclusion of you. No, I want to do it with the inclusion of you. I want us all on stage. I want us all showing off. I want us all up there talking about how wonderful we are. Or if you are an introvert, totally get that. Then maybe your thing is you reading books. And that for you, it's celebrating that you take time to really think about and to integrate. That you really love diving deep and reading. You don't have to be an extrovert. I'm actually right in the middle of introvert and extrovert because after I go big and I speak to a crowd of a thousand, I need to be by myself. (laughs) But I want to celebrate you for who you are and I want you to celebrate you for who you are. I will not allow any woman to play small, not in my company. If I start projecting my shit onto you because I'm human and I might and we all do, I'm going to very quickly notice it and take it back. And not reject you for being fabulous, for being big, for being bold, whatever that looks like on you. I'm going to take you through an exercise right now, okay? I'm going to brag for one minute so that you can hear how it's done. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to do the same. Ready? All right, here we go. I brag that I am wearing the cutest little romper today. I brag that I love looking at my shoulders in this romper. It is cut off and I just think I have really beautiful shoulders. I brag that I bought the cutest little crop top when I was on vacation and I brag that I've worn it three days this week, even though it stank, I didn't care. I just wanted to look so cute. I brag that it has ruffles and I love doing a little shimmy in it. I brag that I love myself in red lipstick and I've been wearing it every day. I brag that I finish work every day by 3 p.m. so that I can have mommy and Shay time. I brag that I just added a new person to my team. We have a new social media manager at Purpose Girl. I brag that Purpose Girl is growing. I brag that our Facebook community is growing. I brag that I can keep the podcast going and all of it going while I'm a mom. I brag that Josh and I had so much hot sex when we were on vacation. I brag that I have been leaning into friends through this situation. I brag that I am creating an environment. Oh, my one minute's up and I'm not even done. I brag that I'm creating an environment for women to feel safe in celebrating themselves. I brag that I have and am starting a purpose revolution, a feminine purpose revolution. I brag that you're listening right now. I celebrate. I celebrate. Now, I want you to pause and how did that feel listening to me? 
Now, some of you might have thought, oh, she's full of herself. <laughs> That's okay. Some of you might be like, oh my God, that was so awesome. Some of you might be like, oh my God, I'm terrified. I don't have that much to brag or to celebrate. Let me tell you, yes, you do. Yes, you do. In my Goddess on Purpose class, when I was teaching this, one of the women was like, I have nothing. And I said, okay, just give me one thing. So she said something about being a mom. And I was like, awesome. Tell me more about that. So she bragged one more thing about being a mom. Then I said, okay, listen, I'm just going to set my timer to two minutes. However much of it you take up, you take up. She went past five minutes. It's kind of like if you haven't ridden a bike in a while, you get on and it's a little bit wobbly. But then once your feet start going, like it's a lot smoother, right? So it's like anytime we haven't done something in a long time, it's a little bit wobbly, but then it gets smoother and it gets easier and it starts to flow. We have to actually open up the dam for it to flow. So I'm going to set my timer for one minute and I want you to play. And if you don't think of anything, brag that you're listening to this podcast. Brag that you're taking a minute for yourself. Celebrate yourself for being on a growth path. Celebrate that you took a shower today or celebrate that you didn't. Celebrate that you woke up this morning and you fed yourself breakfast. Celebrate that you got yourself ice cream last night or celebrate that you withheld from the ice cream last night. The details, 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 that's where this magic is. And this is how we're going to overcome all that is out there being so cruel to women. We're going to be the ones who lift ourselves up and lift other women up. All right, I'm going to reset the timer and go. Amazing! You did it! So well bragged. Celebrating you, sister. I am so, so, so proud of you. You did it. And you might be like, Karen, I just turned it off during that one minute. Or Karen, I didn't say anything. I just waited for you to come back and talk. That's all right. Then right now, brag that you stayed on. Brag that you sat through it. Whatever. What we're doing here is we're just trying to get your neural pathways, creating a new habit of celebrating yourself instead of being cruel and judgmental to yourself. And what we're doing is creating a whole new way, a foundation for women to be celebratory, to talk about themselves so that we get the raises, so that we ask for the promotions, so that we start the purpose businesses, so that we go for the book publishing deals, so that we get our music out on YouTube. It's not a matter of who is smarter, men or women. It's a matter of who has more confidence. And we know from research that women have less confidence and feel that they are less competent in nearly every single field of work. So what does it take to feel more competent? Reminding ourselves of how awesome we are 
telling ourselves when we do a good job, telling ourselves our strengths. Because the more we remind ourselves of how courageous we are, how resilient we are, how awesome we are, how talented we are, how capable we are, the more your brain finds more reasons for that. It's just like Shay and the car. See what I'm saying? Literally, we know from research that where your intention is, where your brain is, you find more of that. It is neuroscience. It's how the brain works. So sister, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. We get to brag and celebrate. And if you're uncomfortable in front of your friends because you're afraid that they're going to break up with you like mine did with me, then get new friends. And I don't mean to sound flippant about that. I mean, literally, my clients tell me that they are closer to the women in my group with me than they are to the women that they've been friends with for decades. Because in my group, they have women who see them, who celebrate them, who hold them when they're down, who don't try to fix it, but say, sister, I see you and I believe in you. And that's what we need. There's been too much of the world trying to make us hate on each other. And we love doing it, right? Women get together and and love talking about a woman celebrity who's done something wrong, Britney Spears or whoever it is. No more of doing that to each other. We're going to shift this. And we're going to create a foundation of celebration because I don't want to be in any container that just accepts or tolerates me. I only want to be in containers, in groups, and have friends who freaking love and celebrate me. You know why? Because I'm going to love and celebrate them. It's what makes me such an awesome coach is that I celebrate the heck out of my clients. Every little thing I notice and I tell them. And that gives you confidence. And that gives you the oomph to go and do your purpose. Because it's really a mindset game. There's a million strategies in the world, a million, how do I do this? But if you don't believe in yourself that you can do it, you're never going to do it. So join on what Bragapalooza started. Even if it's over in the Facebook group, come on over to the Facebook group. Women brag and celebrate there all the time. And you will be welcome to do the same. And here's the good news. You also can come onto the group and you can share. I'm having a shit day. Can I get some love? And you will get so much love. That's how we're going to change the world. That's how we're going to become the leaders that the world needs. Our love, our compassion, our sisterhood, our genius, our leadership, our brilliance, our celebration, our freaking brags. So if you're not a member of the Purpose Girls Facebook group, go join now. Become the leader in your own group. I'll tell you, I joined a group of new moms when I first had Shay. And of course, we all like, we're so tired and we were venting about how tired we are. Or we were asking each other questions. What kind of formula do you use? What kind of breast pump do you use? And I said, hey, can we have mom brags? And I introduced this idea. And then we were for a while constantly checking in with mom brags. I brag I got him to sleep last night. I brag I took a night off for myself. I brag I bought a cute new pair of shoes, whatever it might be. You can be the one in your friend group who changes this. And might it be weird for them? Yup. But explain to them why you're doing it. And here's why. We're doing it so that you start creating a habit, a neural network in your brain that has you look for the good, celebrate yourself, believe in yourself, because that is going to be the foundation for you to actually go live your purpose and create a life that you love. What we're also doing is we know from science that when your brain is in negativity, when it is in the stress, you're in fight flight. You're never going to go for a dream. But if your brain is in the positivity, in the belief, in the possibility, when your brain is in joy and inspiration, then what actually happens is that you start taking action on that. It's science, y'all. 
And we know from research that savoring, which is elongating gratitude, elongating what's good, it's like taking a piece of taffy, saltwater taffy, and stretching it out long. Then you are elongating that feeling and it is having greater permanence in your brain. And your brain starts to say, that's how I want to be. Besides, it's just fun. It's so much more fun to be in a group of friends where we're like, can I brag about my juicy night last night? Ooh, I want to brag about how awesome I'm doing at work. Ooh, I want to brag. And is it sometimes uncomfortable? Yes. But the more you do it, the more you become comfortable, especially when you have other women who are celebrating you for your brags. And that's what I want. After this situation happened, my friend Stacy and I got together and we dreamed up what kind of friends we want. We want friends who are adventurous and bold and spontaneous and loving and cuddly. And we go through the highs together and the lows together and we celebrate the fuck out of each other. We celebrate the fuck out of ourselves and we celebrate the fuck out of each other. And together we change the world. And that's what we're doing here. We are changing the world one woman at a time by me getting to speak with you thousands at a time. So sister, go be part of the movement. This is a feminine purpose revolution we're on. And I can't wait to celebrate you. With that, my love, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. You're in the Purpose Girls Facebook group. You're leaving a one sentence review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you haven't joined the newsletter, you need to because you'll be the first to know about these new programs that I'm doing. And they're so freaking fabulous. You must join So go over to PurposeGirl.com, sign up for the newsletter now and share this podcast with every woman who needs to know that there's a better way than beating herself up. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.